great events create great brands. And it takes a village to put on an event that engages, excites, and connects audiences to your brand. And we're that village. I'm Alyssa. I'm Paulina. And I'm Rachel. And you're listening to Great Events, the podcast for all people interested in events and marketing. Hello, everybody. What is going on in the wide, wide world of events? I'm Rachel Andrews, and you are tuning into Cvent's Great Events podcast. I am solo today and joined with some of my awesome guests from GBTA. We are joined here today by Jess Hayes, who is the Senior Director of Digital and Growth Marketing Membership Operations at GBTA, and Nicole Seely, who is the Manager of Event Operations over at GBTA as well. Welcome to both of you. Hi, Hi Rachel. Thanks for having us. So today we're going to be talking about GBTA's convention, which was just held in San Diego a few weeks ago, August 14th through the 17th, fresh off of the conference. These two hopefully have gotten some sleep um, and are ready to talk about the event and how it went and share all the great insights with our listeners today. So let's start off with some introductions. Jess, I want to start with you. Just tell us a little bit about your role at GBTA and how you're involved with events and all of the good stuff. So my name is Jess. I am Senior Director at GBTA. I run digital marketing, so global marketing, membership operations, and registration for events using Cvent. Nicole, why don't you tell us a little bit about your role at GBTA as well? My name is Nicole. Um, I am the Manager of Event Operations. I'm on a small but mighty team of three um, on the event side, but you know we really work with the whole team to make our annual convention come together um, and also the smaller um, regional events we do throughout the year. Thank you both for joining. I'm very excited to have you. Are you guys all rested up from the convention? How are we feeling today? I wish I could say rested, but as you know, um, we rebranded at convention as well. So it's been a little crazy with the new website and everything we have going on and we just roll into the next event. So we're continuing on. No rest for the for the wicked here. <laughs> cool. Well, let's dive right in, guys. So let's talk through convention and, and your planning process. I'm going to start with you, Nicole, on event operations. Talk to our listeners about what GBTA convention is and about your planning process. So GBTA is a great event for travel professionals, and we really go through the whole event really starting years in advance. Um, so our venue selection, we are booked years out already. So, And then once we get into the logistics of each event after we go through one, we really start about a year out. So Jess and I, we were talking earlier, we're already starting to plan 2023, and we were starting that even before our convention this year. So, you know, we really go through everything. We try to take a look at our goals, our budgets, what we really want the experience to be, if we have any themes. We really try to look at it through the attendee lens and make sure we deliver a great event every year and something new and exciting. And we definitely did a lot of new and exciting things this year. That's great. And Jess, what is your kind of involvement in the the planning process? Planning process from a marketing standpoint on how we're going to deliver based on the surveys from the last year, what we need to change, what we need to kind of enhance, uh, ensuring that our education sessions are exactly what they need and also current with what's going on in the world, and just making sure we really target what people need, what they want, and making sure it's relevant, timely, and that it works. Uh, so with that, you know, we we really do 
take what people say and take it into consideration and then just run with it. And like Nicole said, we did some amazing things this year that were completely new and it seemed to work. I think everyone had a great time at this event. We're waiting on the survey results to come in, but as of now, they're looking great. I know you guys have a lot of moving parts to your conference and sub layers. I was seeing on social media and some of the follow-ups from the actual conference. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to join, but I did have a a few colleagues there on site just telling me how great of an event it was. Talk through some of your event design. I mean, you have, from an agenda standpoint, almost five days where you you have things happening over, and I'm sure the different sub-layers and the the verticals that you kind of target. Take our audience through a little bit through how that agenda plays out, what fun things you guys do, etc. We really try to blend a bunch of different aspects in the convention. So, you know, our main stage sessions, our education sessions, we try to include a lot of networking and fun events too. So like the 5k, it's not really programming based, but it's something exciting where we can, you know, have people get together, get outside. And of course, in San Diego, it was beautiful, even though it was at 530. It was still awesome. We had a great turnout for that. But, you know, we really try to just make sure we give a well-rounded experience for the attendees. So it's not just all about education or all about networking. It's kind of a blend of everything. We're planning that schedule years out and we take the survey responses and see what worked, what didn't work, what they attendees want to see more of, what they maybe want to see less of. And then we kind of just tweak that. And I think, you know, every year is different. We can't keep doing the same thing. So We really try to make the schedule what attendees want to see. Yeah, I hear that with our programs. We do the same thing. Obviously, we tailor it to whatever our attendees want. And are you kind of feeling like people are craving more of the networking this time around? Oh, yeah, they are definitely. I mean, as we're getting back from kind of post-COVID, we had a lot of the virtual events and that just that was the big thing that was lacking. Networking just didn't come through on screen. We got great opportunities to have education, but networking via Zoom and via the virtual platforms, it just it lacked a little bit. You couldn't quite get that human connection and you couldn't get that, you know, oh, I met you at a coffee station and now I've made a lifelong friend. So I think adding more spaces for that to adding more longer time for coffee breaks, just more time for people to make those connections. I think that's definitely what we're trying to shoot for. I think people are so hungry for that. And tying networking to to content as well, like is is definitely top of mind for a lot of event profs right now. I noticed online, you know, uh, your theme this year is reimagine or it's re. How did you come up with that theme? I, I love it. So we actually, it was a vote. Uh, we came up with some ideas like what people were craving. So you go back a year and it was, we had our convention in Orlando. And while we were planning for that, we were creating this theme and people wanted to reconnect and recreate, but also reimagine what the industry is going to be based on COVID. You figure everything changed. So it was kind of coming together and figuring out how to do that and how to get involved. And the theme actually worked out perfectly because that allowed us as an association to basically reimagine the convention. That was kind of our level set for everything. We're like, well, the theme is this. So now let's try this. And it really worked out. I mean, we, we started from scratch with a lot of things and just said, hey, new world, let's try it. And like Nicole said, people wanted to reconnect and we created more events, more networking things, you know, the the opening reception, the first timers event, things that we went back to with in-person PD courses, a win it summit, 
We introduced the new sustainability pavilion. It was just new. And with that, it gave us, or I say us, Nicole and her creative imagination. She created green walls with actual plants that they donated after. And it was amazing, like what that team came up with. I heard a lot about Winnet, actually. Thanks for bringing that up. I'd love to touch on that. I think Winnet and even your sustainability pavilion would be something that definitely is top of mind for everybody right now doing their programming. How does your Winnet program work? And then I want to hear a little bit about what you guys did sustainability-wise. The Winnet program, so this year they had a Winnet summit. And so they had a speaker come in, they did a lunch, they did some education sessions, they did a lot of networking events. They will also lead into the Winnet Gala, which is in October in New York. So it honestly, because like Nicole said, everyone was away for so long and Zoomed, it really created this great feeling for them to kind of get together, to come together, to to focus on all of the initiatives that Winnet had. So it really, it was a great summit that they had. It was a great event. Like a one day thing, which was before convention started, I believe, the day before. Is that a growing, is that a growing community for you guys? Like how is that part of your overall goals for your event? It absolutely is. They just started a Win It mentoring program where they're teaming up with mentors and mentees based on their needs and requirements. And it's working. It's supposed to just lift people up in the industry, not just for women, initially geared that way, but that's kind of how it's created. And it it's a great program and a great thing to get involved in. So there is, and there's new initiatives and things that they're doing based on education. And again, mentor, mentee, as we go forward in the next year that you'll see come out. And it really is going to be an amazing thing. Within Winnet, so do you have to be a member to be part of Winnet? I think so. Yes, I believe so. I want to say yes. I'm 99% sure yes. If you want to do mentor or mentee, you do. But to attend the gala, you don't have to be. To attend the summit, you didn't have to be. You could just do a one-day pass for that. But to get the most out of the Winnet program, you need to be a member. Yeah, okay. I want to talk about membership in a second. But first, I want to get through a few more things for convention itself. So I mean, I'm sure we say this here, it takes an army to pull off the great events that that happen. So take us through your support team. I know you're a small, mighty team of three, Nicole, but I know you probably rely on a lot more people. How do you set your teams up for success through planning convention? First of all, involve everybody in all of the planning because, you know, you really have to start with the entire team from the start. So, you know, and everybody has to be concerned with all parts of conventions. So the PD team also needs to be concerned with what the exhibitors are selling, because when we're all kind of focused on the one goal of convention being a great success all over, then, you know, it really brings all of our goals together in what we're trying to do in each department. So we have all convention staff meetings each week where everyone who touches convention all comes together and we all give updates. And then, you know, some points we go into further discussion, which is great because you get a good group idea of different things that you might not have thought about before. So we really have everyone who touches convention involved in a lot of things. And, you know, we have a lot of great open communication on our team too, because GBTA, the association too, we're also small but mighty and our teams some of us were running on uh, you know shorter teams than we had before, but we are making it work. And everybody really tries so hard to just make everything a success and make everything the best they can absolutely do. I'm assuming that goes all the way up to Suzanne, your CEO, and and the the rest of the leadership team. I know that as your flagship program, it's probably they're probably pretty involved, correct? Yeah, editing slides. She is having um, input on even small things. That is so great to just to have everybody's input on. We're all definitely involved. We have a full production team that puts on the production. And we were in 
San Diego doing a site visit and decided to change kind of towards the end to do a theater in the round, which was a huge thing on Suzanne's part. We wanted to involve people and not have them feel like we were speaking at them and they were in the circle and especially with the brand reveal. So Suzanne was instrumental in that. But again, like Nicole said, I mean, everybody is all hands on deck. Everyone's involved. And honestly, the more people you have involved and the different perspectives you have, it will show you that how great your event could be. Because what I see from marketing is not what Nicole sees from logistics or what someone else will see from PD or expo side. When it kind of takes it all in, like we did um, the broadcast and podcast studio this year, which was something completely different that we've never done the podcast booth. We tried it in Toronto last year and it worked out well. So we launched it at convention, but it was just a totally different perspective and idea we never thought of and did it and it worked. I think all those introducing new things right now, I feel like a lot of people in the industry are testing out new things because we don't know what's working and what's not. We're we're in a test and fail and test and succeed environment. And so you got to break things to, to, to make things work, I guess, right? So I'm going to switch gears for a second here. And I want to talk about your program. Speaking of reconnecting, reigniting, and re kind of rebuilding all of the re's, I know that with your program, you've, you've seen that regrowth from COVID onwards. I know historically you all have had anywhere from 7,000 plus attendees. And in 2022, you had a little over 4,600. How is your conference rebuilding? From Orlando last year to the shift to this year, we had over 4,600 attendees. We had over 1,020 buyers, which for us is huge. It was over 70% of 2019, which was what our goal was. And with that, though, we had over 550 companies and over 1,000 first-timers at convention. And again, that number was huge. We shifted our marketing because before it was just convention and people would come. Last year to this year, we actually had to entice people to come and explain why and reach out to a different audience and a different vertical to the small and medium enterprise companies and, and different groups and actually prove what GBTA convention can offer them from an education and networking standpoint. So it was completely a different shift in marketing and planning. And that shifted mid-year. It wasn't like we planned at the beginning. We realized Orlando wasn't where we wanted based on COVID. And then we kind of had the scare in the beginning of the year with the COVID again and didn't know how it was going to go and how we were going to market to them and what we needed to do. So we shifted kind of everything. And people with the industry too, you figured job titles shifted, people moved. It's not the same people. How do we get them in? So we did a lot of different marketing to different verticals and just kind of worked. I was going to be my follow-up question is I'm sure that this has impacted the industry in general of who attends convention. Are you seeing new verticals pop up? Absolutely. If you look more at HR, HR was kind of never a group we would go to. When you look at the travel industry and what it is, you're more the HR person because you figured companies got smaller. They downsized. As you know, in any industry, you kind of took on more responsibilities. My job was this, and now I'm doing three things that I never did before. So you pick up different people. So the person that did this job might have kind of morphed into this other position. So we have gone after different job titles, different industries. And with sustainability, it actually is a whole nother vertical we never got into. And like we mentioned before, we launched the sustainability pavilion with education sessions, speakers, resources, going greener at convention, which was a whole new market for us that we were able to tap into. And again, it, it worked. We did green stage and had speakers and the education for sustainability was definitely huge this year. 
you just segued perfectly into my in my next question is I know the travel industry, to say the least, has had a few crazy turns <laughs> the last few years. These poor people. I mean, I think all the changes with events have been crazy, but I'm sure the travel industry is like even more wild with what has shifted for them. But how did you kind of manage that rapidly shifting landscape on the content side and your agenda design? I'm sure you had to throw some stuff out the window, start over. A little shift from content and education, but we were very lucky. We started a new sustainability initiative, started a new sustainability program with founding partners. So we did have the resources we needed to create those education sessions. But with that, you can do the sessions, but how do you do a convention that is sustainable? or that has sustainability initiatives. So I'll flip that to Nicole for the amazing thing she did. I was going to say, we kind of face the same stuff here as like, you have to not just talk the talk, walk the walk. And I'm sure Nicole take us through like, how does that work within the event? If all your content is shifting to sustainable events or sustainable travel, like that is a hot button issue right there. Yeah. And especially with a whole sustainability pavilion, we can't just say, look at all the good sustainability stuff that's out there. We have to do stuff too. So we partnered with a lot of great organizations to where we could actually get measurable statistics on what we are actually doing and how the things we do impacts the world in carbon emissions, and then kind of breaking that down into more kind of digestible pieces so people actually understand. So we introduced a fully plant-based lunch for Monday's lunch, which is something GBTA has never done. And I was so excited. I did so many tastings for this and I was so pumped about it. The food was delicious and I was so excited to uh, have everybody try it. It's something new. Something we also did to be more inclusive was made it gluten-free, dairy-free, and nut-free. And that was all three courses. So we had, um, you know, the appetizer, the entree, and the dessert, all gluten-free, dairy-free, nut-free, and all plant-based. So very excited to see the reactions of that. I think it was pretty well uh, received. Everybody was like, wow, this is delicious. And especially for being served to a mass audience, I think it went across great. Everybody gets a chance to try something maybe they wouldn't have. So back to the stats on that, we got stats of, okay... By serving this plant-based lunch rather than using any meat, what does that equate to with what we're saving with carbon emissions? And then, you know, we'd get a number in like kilograms. I don't know what a kilogram of carbon is. So um, then we equated that to how many plastic bags would that be producing? And some of the stats we had were producing like 17,000 plastic bags which is huge. So it's great to see that we had that all over the sustainability pavilion. We had it on our digital signs, which, you know, another initiative to reduce signage. We probably had at least 15 or so initiatives that we did that were brand new that we have not done before, but were in the name of sustainability. How was the pavilion received on site? Were people pretty excited about it? Yeah, it was great. It was next to registration, but a whole separate area. And it was green, of course, very green. We had the green walls. So you could definitely recognize this is the sustainability pavilion. This is where I need to go to learn about it. We had exhibitors there as well who um, had tabletops so they could learn about, you know, how to offset your events and, you know, what you need to do. Um, And then just lounge areas too, where we could showcase our sustainability toolkits just said the green stage, which was great. We had a ton of great education sessions and 
even quick rapid fire talks on there as well. And it was great because it was in the hallway and people were passing it and just getting everything they could from it. Nicole created an entire wall of QR codes for companies. So when you walked by, instead of having paper handouts of sustainability, I mean, I was very skeptical. I'm not going to lie with Nicole's vision. And it turned out great. I mean, it looked really amazing on a wall. She just did a great job. So one of the, I mean, I think a burning question of event profs and probably travel professionals as well is like, how do we increase sustainability on the travel side? I'm sure that was part of your content as well. Was that discussed at the conference, like how to cut down on travel sustainability. I know it's really tough because it's like the industry that you're in and it's our bread and butter of doing things, right? Going to events and traveling to events is how we get business done. Are those part of the conversations that you all are kind of leading as well? Yes. There's in that there is actually in the sustainability toolkit, there's different things explaining how you can do that, how you can tie it in with other meetings or events and make it more efficient. Actually, we're having an event in Chicago and we have to take a train rather than everyone individually Uber from the airport and we're going to try this. So if if companies start doing little things and actually pay attention to what it is, and you really can make a difference. Like Nicole was saying, I think they figured out based on the plant-based lunch, we offset 850 metric tons of carbon emissions for the event. Which is, again, I don't actually know what that means. I just know it sounded really good. <laughs> you know you're helping. That's the thing. If you, It's little things. So with that, we had a, a, green, a green icon on the badge. If you said you would do these five things, one was a plant-based lunch, one was to use a green Uber. When you go to Uber or Lyft, you can choose a green emission vehicle. Choose that instead. So do your part. If you're on a business trip, you know, choose that option and a little bit. But if everyone does that little bit, it will help. And you can, you know, if you miss convention, you can log on to Convention Plus and actually watch some of the main stage events that explain about sustainability and the initiatives that are happening and what you can do to help offset that. There's also, you know, webinars and and different things that we offer. But again, if everyone starts to do a little bit, it will definitely make a difference. So did that factor into your promotion strategy? I just want to talk about some up for our event marketers on the phone, like how you promoted this conference and with the shifting content, I know you talked about new verticals and things of different areas that you were targeting. How did that fit into your dig- overall digital strategy, getting people to come? I'm assuming the areas of content were huge drivers here. Absolutely. We had the five themes of convention, what we were doing. And with that, it was, you know, sustainability was a huge initiative on and what you could do. And you then took the verticals and each day or each main stage kind of broke up each of those education sessions or themes. And then they did an amazing job, the PD team bringing in main stage speakers that were relevant to each of those sessions. And we changed it this year from being big name celebrities to actually being people that are thought leaders in the industry based on that vertical which has been extremely well received because people were actually interested in what they were saying because it actually had an impact on their career, their job, their anything that they were doing um, as opposed to listening to, you know, a famous person. I think that's always the struggle is like get a famous person and drive registration or I'm not saying that famous people can't give you great insights, but that's not what I'm trying to say because we've had some amazing speakers that are more well-known versus someone that's maybe an industry expert or someone that's a sustainability expert or somebody that really knows their craft that might not be a name brand, but is really important to listen to their message. I mean, and then even shifting some of our registration things, we did a first-time buyer program. 
if you were new to the industry, so let's just say you're mid-level and you have two people that are brand new to your team and you really think they'd benefit coming, we offered them a free registration to come. Teach them, show them, show them what convention is and the education you could get. So we did offer that. We also offered, you know, bring four from your team. You can have another person come. We also offered to bring your boss program. So really it was just getting people there to understand the value of the, the event itself and the education that we offer. So we kind of shifted a little bit that way too. And it seemed to work just from a marketing standpoint. I love the have four, bring another or the bring your boss to work day. Exactly. Let's bring your boss to work. But it was also like, if you have two people that are lower level underneath you, but know what be so valuable for them to be there. And it was just cost prohibitive not to be, try, bring them. Cause then next year, you know, they will be able to come in and you're just giving them the education. So it was great. Honestly, we worked with some of the tools that Steven had for like card abandoned and different things that we've never used before and actually implemented them this year. And it did work out well. Obviously, you guys are a huge partner with us and we appreciate that. And hopefully together we we pulled off an amazing event. I know we supported most of the stuff on site. So I heard great feedback. I'm going to ask a fun question. What are some of your favorite moments from GBTA convention? I know, Nicole, hopefully you got to like feel all the work that you did and, and celebrate a little bit. What are some of your favorite moments? It's always just good to see your event come to life and just to see everybody enjoy themselves and just be happy with every experience, really. And that's really what happened. There was a great thing I usually go through and think, okay, you know, were there any big bad things? What happened? I couldn't think of anything like absolutely terrible. And that's always a win. But I always like to see everybody just enjoying themselves, having a good time, connecting with people they haven't seen in a while. And you can totally see that, you know, I'm checking a coffee break and you see somebody like, oh my God, I haven't seen you in 10 years. Like, it's so great to be here. I really just enjoy seeing everybody come together and then also see the new things that we've put on for them. And then, you know, kind of over here at the bars, like, you know, oh, did you hear they did this? And oh, we love this. And we're just hearing all the feedback from everybody and just seeing it all come to life. I agree with Nicole. I think for us, the big thing for me was the theater in the round and the production that we put on. Just it was it was amazing. It was was wonderful. The rebranding. We did a a great rebranding thing at the end. But also for us was the shift in main stage the first day at night, then the opening reception and shifting Wednesday. We were very concerned because, you know, the last night people go out, they never go to main stage the next morning. The ed sessions are kind of low, getting people to stay that last day. So we did a big push on why Wednesday. We did buyer roundtables that day. We did education sessions, follow-ups. And if you went to the expo floor on Wednesday, there was people. It was busy. People were happy. They were so excited to still be there. So for me, it was kind of seeing that the shift on what we did, the change, and actually seeing it work, and just how excited people were to still be there on Wednesday, um, which usually, you know, it kind of fizzles out. It, It was very, very cool to see that everything and, and just seeing how excited they were about coming up to the next event. Like, this was a great event. We loved it. Can't wait to see you next year. Like, so I think for us, it was definitely just shifting things and seeing it actually work. Wow. There's a lot, a lot you just covered there. <laughs> no, that's so much goodness. And I think, I think we're, you know, as event profs in the industry, we're all so excited for things to come back and everybody is feeling that excitement. I, I want to comment on one thing that you said that I think most people struggle with is how do we keep people on the last day if there's not an anchor the next day? 
And that's really tough. So I love those tips and tricks that you shared with our listeners, because that's always top of mind when you're designing an agenda, like, okay, what if a party doesn't keep them? There's got to be actual like hard hitting content or actionable content to take back to their programs, which is my, you know, my biggest beef going to some other, not necessarily industry events, but any, any sort of conference that you go to is like the last day, it can't just be fluff. It has to be something that I can tangible that I can take back to my organization and use in my travel program, events program, whatever vertical you are, but use that to better what I'm doing. And if it it doesn't, I'm probably going to fly out early. So just the fact that you called that out is really important. Exactly. We were very, very careful about, we had a round table the day prior or two days prior. I think it was two days prior. And then they came back and reconnected on that Wednesday. And we really did a marketing push though to say, why Wednesday? Why should you stay? From an education standpoint, what are you going to get out of this? And we actually had some of our moderators reach out directly to people that would benefit from being in this session. And we separated it by verticals to make sure that it was extremely relevant to you. If you stayed, this is what you would get out of it. So we focused on the education part of it and it did work. I mean, people were thrilled because it was focused on what, what am I going to get out of it? What can I do to benefit in my you know, career, in my company? How do I do this? What are my connections? These are people that are in my vertical teaching me, learning, and we're going to come back from you know what we talked about. We went to all these ed sessions. We learned this. Now we're going to discuss it. And I have a moderator that's going to help me. Why wouldn't I stay? So that was something completely new that we did and it worked out well. I know you kind of mentioned some of them, but for our listeners, any other lessons learned? You all are one of the bigger event industry or travel events that goes on. Any lessons learned for people that are planning their own events? From my standpoint is be honest with what you're offering. Listen to what they want and how you can benefit them and they will come. I mean, honestly, if you put on a great event with great education and and explain the value and what it is, and be completely transparent on this is what you're giving them, I do think it work. But also listen to the struggles and what people are saying, which is why we ended up with the buy one, get one. Listen, I have these two people brand new in my industry. They're too young. They, they don't have experience. We want them to come. So we listened. We offer them a solution and it works. But honestly, just listen, do surveys, you know, and check the pulse of your people and see what do they want and then deliver something great and have an amazing team with you. Mine definitely goes to just the team. Rely on your team. Your team is great and they will work hard for you. And, you know, if you work hard for them as well, and then prepare as much as you can. But when you get on site, just take it all in stride. It'll happen. We'll make it happen is what I say. If you need something, come to me and I will make it happen and just take it all in stride. No reason to get flustered or anything. Works harder, not harder. One of my favorite people in the industry said to me on site at Cvent Connect, they said, we're like ducks, we're real calm and collected on the on the top, but underneath we're paddling really hard to keep up and make everything work. Anyone that's put on an event knows that, you know, it's chaos behind the scene, but we're all smiling and it's working. But in the end, you look back and you're like, oh my God, we actually pulled that off. And it's amazing. I want to talk about GBTA in general. I have a couple questions for, for you all. So Jess, I know you mentioned the, the rebrand and you're in charge of membership. Why don't you talk about 
shifting off of convention, just for our listeners that might not know as much about GBTA or membership benefits or or even your rebrand, which is so exciting. I didn't know about that. So I would love to hear more. So basically, GBTA, uh, the memberships made up of travel professionals from around the world, travel buyers, corporate travel managers to travel suppliers and sellers such as airlines, hotels, car rental companies. So at a high level, our new brand summarizes what GBTA has to offer. We offer community, learning, and advocacy, as well as many voices for one purpose. That is our overarching theme right now. So basically, at pre-pandemic peak, the business travel industry was like a $1.4 trillion industry, and we're recovering, slowly getting back. And GBTA is unique in how we engage. We support the industry across many regions. It's a global organization. It's a little bit of everything. It's learning, education, training, research, mentoring, advocacy, and it's the key to professional development and career advancement to anyone in the business travel industry. And then we're rebrand, you, your rebrand, sorry, <laughs> your rebrand is, is very exciting. That takes a lot of hard work for anyone that's been through a rebrand before at a company. Sleepless nights, what's going on? Uh, yeah, try, try doing that at convention, with the convention you're launching at the same time. But it was needed. So we went and did months of conversations, analysis work. We went through and an outside agency interviewed people in the industry on both sides. And with that, it wasn't just a new logo and a tagline. It represents us like moving forward in the association and a new era, like completely different because everything changed. And we received so much positive feedback. And basically, this is it. This is our, you know, starting point, starting new. And here we go. So it's not the old GBTA where it was like this old industry association. It's something completely new based on community, learning, advocacy, togetherness. And it's the pillar of the brand, the community. Like, what are we? What are we together? What we can do together? And it helps remind us, like, what's important? as an association and an industry and how to do this. So we did launch a, a new brand, a new logo, a new website, different websites for different conventions. I mean, everything flipped over at convention. If you have time, go on YouTube, check it out. But if you think about it, theater in the round, and the second that it went, Nicole had every digital sign changed. When you walked out, it was new. A new website flipped over, all social media flipped over. It was like, it was perfect. So from an event standpoint, I mean, I don't know how we pulled it off, but <laughs> it was amazing. It's like you're on radio, like it's go time. Literally. I And the thing is, it, nobody knew. We kept it so secretive, like no one knew. The staff actually didn't find out until a couple weeks before. But that being said, imagine from Nicole's standpoint of, well, what do you mean we're having new branding? We're launching an event. We have an event. How do we do this? Everything I have to do, I have to create twice. Like that's what you're telling me. So with that, I mean, every digital sign completely flipped over. Everything that we could changed. And then we had the overarching, you know, like, see you next year in Dallas sign with the new branding that Nicole worked with the team to actually get it up immediately. And if anyone has done an event, you know how difficult that is to get somebody there to change a sign at the exact moment you need. That was the most fun part for me, <laughs> having a ladder go up and that's right where everybody exits. I'm like, all right, I have 10 minutes exactly. And then people started exiting. I'm like, get down from that ladder right now. <laughs> We're done. It's up. <laughs> I think it was duct taped for a second and then they went back up and fixed it. <laughs> That's great. I know. Overlay panels are just, they never work out, of course, but it looked great. You pulled it off. That's what matters, right? Rockstar. Let me tell you, she was out there like making sure and it was like without a hitch. Everything was perfect. That's great. Well, congratulations you two on a, and, and all of GPTA on a great event. I know you mentioned Dallas next year. What are the, the dates for convention? 
It is August 13th through the 15th. Oh, okay. So same week, but in 2023. In 2023, absolutely. And we have, uh, you know, the rest of this year coming up, we have the Win It Gala in New York in October, the regional conference in Brussels, which is going to launch the first ever sustainability summit in November. And we are launching a new APEC travel summit with PADA in Bangkok in December. Lots of great things coming up. I'll have to link to our listeners all of the great events that, that GBTA is coming up if you're interested in, in attending. I asked them if they had any break in between, but I guess I guess you just answered that with all the upcoming programs that you all have coming. No, launch in and registration for Dallas will open soon. That's great. Well, thank you both for joining today's uh, Great Events podcast. Lots of great stuff for our listeners. We'll have some of those links up there for people that are interested in learning more about GBTA and the great organization that they are. But again, congrats on convention and a successful program. And here's to reimagining and and rebuilding and your rebrand. And so cheers to you guys on that. Thank you. Thanks. Listeners, we hope you enjoyed our chat today with GBTA and hopefully you found some inspiration or takeaways that can inspire your own programs. As always, we want to know what's going on with you. Send us a LinkedIn message or send us a note at greatevents at cvent.com or give us a call. We will feature you potentially. We're always looking for great guests like Nicole and Jess on the podcast. So I'm Rachel and thanks for joining Great Events Podcast. <laughs>